All right, let's welcome to the Misfit Nation, Doug Stevelton, from uh, originally from Glasgow, Montana. He moved to California at the ripe old age of about 19-ish uh, to hit the, the craziness of California and get into the industry. Of, he's a music uh, expert, uh, publishing expert. He is his his company owns the rights to music in many many uh, of your favorite shows. Uh, some of mine, Brooklyn Nine Nine, How I Met Your Mother, Zoolander, all those good ones right there. I'm sure there's a whole bunch more. He's also produced some great veteran uh, biopics, uh, Normandy, the story of Simone Renaud, and then uh, World War II, the European campaign. He's also the author, as you see behind him as he comes on the screen, of It's a Wonderful Time. Welcome to the show, Doug. How are you? Hey, thanks, Rich. I appreciate you having me on. It's great to get connected with awesome people, especially someone with such a background as yours. And uh, like I told you in our pre pre recording, uh, when I see Normandy on your on your bio, that just piqued my interest because of my background with the 101st Airborne Division. And I know you've been able to take trade uh, treks around and see Normandy most of the most of the last uh, few years, minus two, because of our current conditions. But yeah. welcome to the show, and uh, I'm, we're glad to have you. Well, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. And I think that's so cool that you were in the army and in the 101st, which I, like I said, I'm not a veteran myself, but I just love the veterans. I uh, love honoring them. And uh, my dad was actually in the Navy uh, right after World War II. So I have some uh, military uh, history with my, my dad and my uncle and some cousins, but I never was, but I just, uh, I, I just really appreciate you guys, uh, what you, what you've done, you know, protecting our country all these years. Uh, no problem. So Doug, why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit of your backstory from a, uh... I guess from when you were in Montana, what made you want to get into the with music first and then into producing? Sure. Um, so, yeah, originally from a little town in Montana called Glasgow, named after Glasgow, Scotland. And uh, uh, I started playing guitar when I was 16. Uh, after I graduated, I decided to just kind of take a year off, figure out what I was going to do. Ended up deciding to go out to uh, Hollywood to a music school called Musicians Institute. And it was a year school and I learned a lot there and that was kind of fun. Um, definitely a big culture shock uh, from a small town of 3000 people to Hollywood, but I really uh, thrived there and liked it. Uh, after I got, after I graduated, <clears throat> excuse me, I made a decision to stay out. I needed to get a job and there was a couple older gentlemen that lived in my apartment building. They were probably 40 years older than me. They were retired by, they were 50. They were always doing the stock market. I remember. And uh, they were saying, you know, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'm going to stay here. And they said, um, and I said, but I need to get a job. And, and, and I said, you guys have any ideas what I should do? And they said, yeah, you know what? We think you'd be, cause we got to know each other over the last year. And they said, a parking cars, you'd be a good valet parker. You're a personable guy. And, and they knew that I had worked on farms growing up in Montana. Not that I was a farmer, but I had friends that had farms. So, you know, when you work at, when you work at a place that has car, all these different kind of cars, you got to know how to drive a stick shift. And so they knew I did. So anyway, they said, you should get a job as a parker. So I did that, got a job at, uh, as a valet parker at the Beverly Hills Hotel, which is a very famous hotel. And um, I worked there for about three years. And that was just an awesome experience, uh, kind of getting to see what happens in, in Beverly Hills and the Hollywood people and the movie stars and stuff. And drove a lot of cool cars during that time, Lamborghinis, Ferraris, Mercedes Benzes, you know, just everything. Um, while I was there, I ended up getting uh, an opportunity. I met a lady who was having dinner in the polo lounge one night. And she, um, in the little office that I worked in, I could play my guitar, a little acoustic guitar, because uh, sometimes it was just slow. And I happened to have my guitar in the corner. And also I was reading a book on the music publishing business. It was all actually all about the music business, but I was specifically reading the chapter on music publishing. And she came down and wanted to get the, you know, get her keys for her car. And she saw my guitar and she said, oh, are you a musician or a songwriter? I said, yeah. 
Uh, I said, I'm both. And she said, oh, who's reading the book? And I said, oh, I'm reading the book. And I had basically, you know, holding the page that I was on so she could see what the title was, <clears throat> not to, for her to see it. Just I was just holding the page because I got busy probably parking a car. And she said, oh, are you reading that book also? I said, yeah. And, and, and she said, oh, what are you reading about? And I said, I'm reading about music publishing. <laughs> and she says, oh, I own a music publishing company. I said, really? She goes, yeah, you know what? I'm actually looking for an intern right now. Uh, would you be interested? I said, yeah, I'd be very interested. So she said, here's my name and number. Call me tomorrow. And I called her. I went in and interviewed and I ended up getting uh, an internship with her. Uh, non non paying. But, you know, listen, it was who cared about the money. Uh, so that's how I got started in the business. I worked for her for about a year for free. And then I and then she brought me on and I ended up working with her for about nine and a half years. And that was a great experience because I learned all about music publishing, uh, getting songs on records. And uh, she also managed Eddie Murphy at the time for all. She had a management division and she made it um, uh, managed Eddie Murphy for all of his music projects and soundtracks and stuff. And also uh, Irene Cara, who was really big in that movie Fame and people like that. So I was. Uh, yeah, I was. I just I got very, was very fortunate to get that opportunity and that. And I was with her for nine and a half years. And then from there, I ended up leaving on good terms, went to a record label for a year and a half. And then I started uh, my own company. Uh, and that's how I did have been doing music publishing myself for the last 20 years. Wow. So that's kind of my my, ba my basic background. That's outstanding. And what a chance meeting uh, doing ballet. <coughs> yes. And then you meet someone that gets you in the door and opens their arms for you, lets you in there. Like you said, year free, but that's a year free knowledge too. while you're doing. Oh, yeah. Here. And then, yeah, I tell people like, you know, going to college is great. Uh, I never went to like regular college, I went to music college for a year. But but yeah, going to college, you know, you learn a, st a lot of stuff from books, which is good and a lot of stuff on the chalkboard. But there's nothing like on, you know, hands on experience. So I was literally there, you know, just being there was the chalkboard. It was like I was meeting all the producers that were coming in, the songwriters. Back then it was faxes. So I was getting to see the faxes that came off the fax machine. Um, I got to listen to a lot of music and pick music, um, you know, see agreements. So it was a great place to get my feet wet in the business. Yeah. yeah that's a great, uh, st I guess it's stepping stone to come in. Big stepping I, stone. And then you mean you, you've been involved with many TV shows. And I think there's just a few of them that are on your, your bio here. And they, they all piqued my interest too. So like I said, I, I watched nearly all of them. Yeah. I mean, the Sopranos was filmed uh, basically where I grew up in New Jersey. So it's right. kind of, of stone there for us. So it's pretty cool. And then uh, my, my wife watches the e, all the ERs and scrubs and stuff. So I get to see that. So yeah. I, I heard your music. <laughs> we all probably now, had just just so you know, to clarify, I did not produce any of those shows. I was just basically uh, fortunate to have they had I had songs in the catalog that I owned at the time and I would pitch them and they would say, hey, we want to use this song in our show. So I was more than happy to, you know, <laughs> license the songs, but I did not produce the shows. But it is pretty cool to be part of those pretty you know iconic shows like The Sopranos. Yeah. Your name is from that standpoint. Up, your name comes up somewhere on the credits at some point. So that's, yeah, yeah, that's outstanding. And then you you pivoted and became a producer. How did that happen? Yeah. So the producing um, after doing music for gosh about 15, 20 years. I'm not sure how long, but around 2005 when I had my own company called uh, at the time it was called Kid Gloves Music. Um, I was married at the time and my wife wanted to, uh, my then wife wanted to kind of do more of that. And I kind of wanted to do less of music and more producing. So I let her kind of take over the music company. I was still involved, but not as much. And then I started producing uh, movies and, and, and my first movie was uh, a movie that, yeah, you, you and I, uh, well, a title that you and I uh, both talked about is, was called mother of Normandy. And I had started going over to Normandy, uh, I think in 1998. 
98 or 99 was my first trip and I just fell in love with it. So I've been going back every year to celebrate the D-Day anniversary. And while I was there, one of my trips, I ended up running into an 80, um, uh, well, yeah, I ran into an 82nd Airborne paratrooper, a veteran, and, and I was talking to him and, and he let me interview him the next day. And through him, I met one of the son, two of the sons of Madame Renault, who was the wife of the mayor of the town during the invasion. And uh, if you ever seen the movie, The Longest Day, which was a, a movie all about the Normandy invasion, Daryl Zanuck uh, produced it back in 1962, I think. 61 or 62, their dad is portrayed in the movie. And so uh, it's the famous, you know, St. Marguerite is the, is the town that he was the mayor of, very famous because the paratrooper got caught on the church steeple. So um, I met him and, and, and he, I found out about this, um, this story of this, uh, these two sons, mom and father, how, how they honored our veterans because they put three cemeteries, uh, temporary cemeteries in their, in their, in their town. And so I thought, wow, this is an amazing story. I said, how many people know about this story? I said, has this ever been on like a movie? And they said, no, just people in the, in the military um, that come to Normandy know about it, but not on a wide basis. So I thought, well, I got to make a documentary on that. So that's what I did on my first film uh, to honor her and also our veterans. And that was called Mother in Normandy. That's and awesome. so from there, yeah, I started just doing a few um, other other films. And then I, I did a, a couple of things with Michael Reagan, President Reagan's son, uh, one honoring his father called Reagan at Normandy, because President Reagan was the first uh, U.S. sitting president that went to Normandy for a D-Day anniversary as a sitting president to honor the veterans. And that was back in 84 for the 40th anniversary. I was not there then. That was way before I started going. But we uh, did a little 15 minute short film uh, about his trip there. And it was pretty neat. He went to, uh, had gave a great speech at Point du Hoc where, where the Rangers climbed the cliffs there and uh, and at the cemetery. And so that we did that in conjunction with the Airborne Museum. And then, um, yeah, so so I've just done a, yeah, a few. Um, I think I've done six movies altogether, but most of most of have been honoring the veterans. Uh, I did one that was a kind of a political, like a Michael Moore film. Uh, it was called I Want Your Money. It was all about, um, you know, the dangers of big government, out of control spending. Uh, but it was coming for more from a conservative standpoint. And it was about six months after President Obama became the president. And it was it was a trans, um, uh, you know, showing the, um, the differences between uh, uh, President Reagan's economic philosophy and Barack Obama's economic philosophy. So that was what the movie is about. So I've done a little of this and a little of that, but mostly, mostly, uh, yeah, uh, uh, military kind of history movies. Nice. And uh, like uh, we talked about earlier, Normandy is a really good uh, history place. You can probably make about 30 movies on Normandy itself, just from the different angles of different units that came in and where they wound up going from there. You can probably yeah. never ending. Yeah, never ending. There's so many stories. Yeah, every every soldier has a story. And uh, yeah, it's an amazing history. So if anybody's planned on going and they have it on their bucket list, I I, uh, I encourage you, please make that trip. It's it's pretty it's an amazing trip. And my godson's yeah. my godson's got to go just before COVID happened. So 2019, I think they wow. were, they came back with the they both had the the hats, the the big I call it the pizza hats, the the big uh the the brown hats they both came back that bomber oh, yeah they were proud let's look at you guys i didn't even get there yet you guys did good work <laughs> yeah no it's in a it's a trip of a lifetime i brought a lot of people there and they say wow this is one of the best trips i've ever had and it's pretty neat now unfortunately you know, a lot of the veterans that were there are uh, you know the the young ones are like 95 years old so we're starting to see less and less and less of them and it's kind of hard really hard for them to be traveling at, at their age some of them still make it there but it's getting tougher. Yeah. So I, I feel very fortunate to have gone starting in, like I said, 1999, when these guys were maybe in their seventies, they were still pretty, pretty, you know, 
you know, not, not many walkers, not as many walkers back then, you know, now you see a lot of walkers. And so, but yeah, so that's pretty neat. Neat, a, neat, a big part of my life. Yeah. Is being part of that. And you also hopefully were able to speak to and get some of their story while they still had their mental acuity to get it out exactly. with stuff and get it written down. So it's not forgotten. Yes, exactly. I got, I got many hours of, uh, different, different, uh, definitely a lot of paratroopers, but I did a movie with Michael back in 2017 called heroes of world war II, the European campaign. And on that one, we broadened it out, not just guys in the army and paratroopers, but we got guys in the air Corps and the Navy and all of their experiences of, uh, yeah, coming in at D day and then, and then the whole, all the way to Berlin. So really, yeah. And, and, and unfortunately most of those guys, that was in 2017, right? So all those guys are dead now. They're all gone. They're all gone. So it's really neat to know we have their, uh, their stories, you know, on, on, on film for, for the future generations to learn from. Definitely. That's a great uh, thing that you were able to do there. And then of course, from there, now you're, now you're an author. You have the Hollywood time travel series. uh, Yeah. It's a wonderful time. Is that the first book in the series or the third or what is it? It's the first book. Yeah. And and the genesis of that is um, around 2005. Like I said, I started getting into producing movies. Um, I came up with an idea from back in 1993 of a time travel uh, idea of uh, basically a guy going underneath a, a pedestrian walkway of the in the underneath the 101 free, freeway right outside of Hollywood, about a half mile outside of Hollywood. It was actually it's actually there. And that's why I got the idea. And um, I wrote that down and made it into a treatment. And then around 2005, I decided to make it into a screenplay. And I co-wrote it with a friend of mine who had done a lot of screenplays. And we called it Wonderful Time. And I got a big producer on board because it was too big for me to produce by myself. And I needed like a seasoned veteran. So I got this guy, Doug Claiborne. Uh, I, I sent him the script. I said, Doug, I got this script. I said, it's very unique. It's kind of like, um, you know, at, at the time, uh, well, the way I described it is Back to the Future meets Midnight in Paris on the set of It's One of Life. But in 2005, Midnight in Paris hadn't been made yet. So I just say, you know, Back to the Future meets on, the, you know, it goes back like, to the 1940s instead of the 50s on the set of the movie it's wonderful life so doug says yeah send it to me so i sent it to him and um he sent maybe a week later he sent me an email and says fyi here's my reader's coverage and so i read it and it's just a one page you know kind of what they think about the uh about the script and I read it and, and this, and the coverage was so good. I, I, I it was kind of, I thought there must be a mistake. <laughs> this isn't about my script. It's about somebody else's script. So then I read it again. I real it was kind of surreal. I read it. Oh my gosh, this, this is my script. And at the bottom, it said, you know, plot, excellent characters, excellent. Um, just everything was excellent. And it says, you know, consider to, to be made. And so I, I talked to Doug and he said, yeah, this is a really good script, Doug, very unique. So we got together. He came on board. We tried to get it made in a few places that he knew in Hollywood, but we always got passes, basically not because it was bad. They just said, hey, listen, really good script, very unique story, fun. Uh, it's a period film, though. Those cost a lot of money and it's not what, you know, we're not really looking for that right now. So anyway, that's kind of the history of it. It was a movie script. And then two years ago, I thought, you know, what? I might never get that made as a movie. It's like a 20, 25 million dollar movie, like on a low end. Uh, but I thought I could actually make this into a novel. So I um, decided to take the script and elongate it into a into a novel. And then rather than just doing a one off book, I thought, you know, I'll create a series. Actually, I'm going to turn on my phone. Sorry about that. Uh, so we don't hear any more dingings here. Um, and um, and uh, so I thought, um, yeah, I'll make it into a um, into a novel. And I, so I created a, a series called the Hollywood Time Travel Series. And uh, it's one of, uh, it was called Wonderful Time, but the book's called It's a Wonderful Time based off the movie It's a Wonderful Life because that's the movie that he goes back to when they're making it. And uh, I thought that w- that'll be book one. So we finished that this year in June. It came out in, uh, in October 
uh, on Amazon. Now it's also on Barnes and Noble. And, and then starting in January, right now I'm doing research and we're starting book two. So if it gets a fan base and does well, uh, you know, maybe every year and a half, we'll write, write a new book, book one, book two, book three, and so on. So that's kind of how that happened. That's outstanding. Another happy accident. So that's good. Because, you know, yeah. You know, due to the climate, and of course, the cost of movie making that has it skyrocketed over the years. Uh, and it's, like you said, it's period one, you have to get all the parts and pieces to make it look authentic. It's yeah. probably really hard to get those at this time. Yeah, it'd be 1940s cars, 1940s, 1946. Yeah, so that gets expensive. So, but in, when you write a book, none of that matters because you just, it's just in the book. And even with songs, you know, in the script, we had certain songs, which if it, made, it was made in a movie, you have to license those from the, you know, the owner of the publishing, the copyright, and also the record labels that own the, the, uh, the recordings. But in the book, uh, that we didn't have to do any of that, except there were certain lyrics that we had when certain songs were mentioned. And I did some research and I got in touch with a couple of publishers and they were going to charge me for the, having the lyrics in the book. And it got a little costly. So I decided no lyrics, just mention the name of the song title. And that was enough. So it less expensive in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's much better. And then you can just see it grow within uh, Amazon and of course, Barnes and Noble. And I'm sure it'll spread out to the other digital uh, platforms as well as it, as it grows in an audience. Yeah. little by little. Yeah. It's all about exposure and, you know um, yeah, but I'm going to be marketing this book all the way till, you know, well, next year for sure, but even in the years to come, the reason it's special right now is this, this year is the 75th anniversary of the making of, uh, not of the making, but of, yeah, of the movie, It's Wonderful Life. It came out in, uh, uh, in December of, uh, December 20th to, uh, 1946. So this month is actually the 75th anniversary wow. of, of its release, but it'll actually go into all of next year because the, the official release to the general public public was uh, January 30th, 1947. So good for me. I can, I can market my book for a whole nother year celebrating the 75th, but yeah, that's why it's kind of a neat time. Yeah. For that movie. And it's a lot, you know, that movie is so, so many people's favorite movie. It's wonderful life. Well, definitely. Especially this time of year, people love that movie this time of year. Yeah. Uh, and uh, are you able to do any actual in-person book signings? Are you doing mostly virtual stuff to do this? For, well, for book signings, yeah, I'm um, I am leaving for Montana, which is where I'm originally from, as I mentioned, uh, in about a week. Well, it, this coming Monday, but I do have a couple book signings set up when I'm there. I'm there for two weeks, back to my hometown. Uh, they've interviewed me a few times already on the radio. So, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, I, I bought I, I, I forwarded 100 books from Amazon to my sister's house where I stay. So I don't know if they might. And I'm going to sign all of them and I have two book signings. So. Uh, if it goes well, I won't have any books left when, when I'm done. And if it only goes so-so, I might only have 50 left, but whatever. But, you know, you just never kind of know how many you're going to do when you do those things. So it's kind of a, like I said, this is kind of new to me. Um, so, but yeah, I got a hundred books that are waiting for me. So I'll sign them all and yeah, have a book signing. So, but in, in, the, in the next year, yeah, there might be some more opportunities for that, but this is only one I've had so far coming up. Yeah, I know with, like we were talking about earlier, this last two years has been kind of kind of crazy with doing those kind of things because you yeah know, restrictions crowds and all that and a lot of people don't want to go out into those large crowds to see doug sit there to sign his book and wave yeah. and hug him so it's kind of hard but now i think as things start to slowly open up and some of that fear goes away you might yes. be able to get out there a little bit yeah i was originally going to do it at the library in the town and the lady who ran it she said oh, we'd love to have you come by but because of covid restrictions we're not sure what's going to happen. And we talked, you know, maybe about a month and a half ago and she still wasn't sure as of about a week ago. So I just decided to make a couple of phone calls and one coffee shop said, yeah, we'd love to have you come in. And the other one is a, at a restaurant uh, that my friend owns. And he said, come on in. So 
I cut through the tape and they don't, you know, they don't in, in Montana, they're pretty, pretty lackadaisical on the COVID thing at this point. They, they, they're not, yeah, they're not buying it, <laughs> <laughs> buying all the masks and stuff and the fear. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. Tennessee never really closed down here. Um, yeah. We kind of stayed kind of annoying. Restaurants had a restriction of how many numbers could be in there. Sure. So a lot of to-go orders. You can still go into a restaurant and get a to-go margarita. So, I mean, uh, things didn't really change much for those who wanted their margarita chips and salsa. They can get that walk out and go to a, go to their house and have the same experience. So it yeah. just depends on each state was different, like you said. And some states are really extreme. Some were very lackadaisical. And then there, I guess there was some in the middle somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in California, where I am, it's really strict still. We have a very, uh, uh, very unfavorable governor, and he's, you know, a tyrant. Yeah. <laughs> likes to likes to use his power. So de- he's definitely been in the news for it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, I don't understand it. I don't understand how they keep electing him, but it's, it's beyond us. Well, but, unfortunately, we tried to recall him, but that didn't work. But he's he's up again in a year, so I think that things could change in, in the next year. Yeah, well, I hope so for the for the good yeah. people of California. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so yeah, I learned I learned a lot about the book uh, industry when my daughter published a book right out of high school. And uh, oh, really? And I was just coming out of the military. I had no idea about any of this stuff. So we went and uh, we got to know each other again. So I was gone so often. And we, yeah. we did a little book tour, went around all around the East Coast, basically. And we did a lot of book signings. And I think my favorite one was in Destin, Florida. That was the one where all her books sold out and her face was so lit up and happy. Wow. Yeah, so it, it, it's how, old was she, how old was she when that happened? 18. Oh my gosh! Good for her. And what was her book about? It's uh, about a young girl who li- li- lived a sheltered life, like uh, behind a gated community, homeschooled oh. until she went to college, and then she kind of went buck wild in college. <laughs> yeah, so she had all life's experiences all at once in college, and that's what she. Yeah. It's pretty cool that she did it and got it published. Now, and then she went and got a degree in creative writing, so she's a lot harder on herself now. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's really cool. That's pretty impressive for an eighteen-year-old. That was pretty but yeah, shocking. I can- Pretty shot that during school. So. <laughs> yeah, but I can relate. Uh, it, it is a quite a endeavor of putting a book out, writing it, and then and that's just the first phase. You know, then you gotta, yeah. Once you write, write it, you gotta send it to yeah, copy editor and proofreading and this and that and that and you know, getting a cover made and just so many things. Wow, I just yeah, I learned so much. And then and then once you put it out, then you gotta market the darn thing. Otherwise, nobody's gonna know about it. You know, so exactly. And yeah, then- yeah. So. If your network isn't big, it's not going to help you. <laughs> yeah, I've had friends. I have a friend right now who's putting out, put, he's finishing writing one. And I just told him, I said, man, I said, listen, you really got to plan ahead. I said, because after you reach out to the 100 to 200 of your friends, if you have that many, I said, after that, man, uh, it's you'll get some spikes. And then after that, you, you got to figure out who else is going to find out about your book. You got to remember, there's millions of books to pick from on, on uh, Amazon. And uh, so it's, yeah, it's really important to kind of have a plan and maybe a little money to help do some marketing. But if you don't have that, it's, it's going to get lost in the, uh, in the sea of books, you know, it's just like in podcasting, I'm one of yeah. millions of podcasts. Uh, and if your name doesn't start with Joe and end with Rogan, no one knows who you are <laughs> in podcasting. So it's kind of rough, but I, I do it because I get to reach out and maybe one person will hear you and say, I want to see this wonderful time. I want to read yeah. this wonderful time or watch one of your movies. And yeah, that, that's what one person that's affected. That's good. I mean, that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. You don't have to grab the whole world, but yeah, if you right. can affect a few people in a positive way, it's worth it. Yeah, definitely. And, and this stuff takes time, unless yeah, unless you're Joe Rogan. But if you're not, you just gotta. I, I'm very proactive, so I just like do it. Get, get, do it. Get it up there and get it out little by little. You'll start 
start seeing the growth. Yeah. It usually doesn't happen overnight, but you got to be, you just stick to it. Yeah. I didn't expect it to grow that quick at all. And I'm just a year into it. This month basically is my 12th month. So wow, I'm having fun with it and meeting a lot of great people like yourself and yeah, moving uh, their stories forward and, and learning ways to help veterans in between. So it's great. Exactly. Yeah. Good for you. So where do you see, do you see yourself just staying with the time travel series or do you think you're going to branch off and do some other kind of books as well? Well, yeah, for right now, uh, just going to focus on, yeah, getting book two done. Um, and yeah, then maybe there's some other opportunities of some other books. Uh, I've already had some people, you know, asking me, cause I did start not just self-publish the book. I literally did start an independent publishing company cause I knew I was going to be putting out more than just one. And I hired a book coach uh, who was very helpful. A lady uh, who's a book coach slash marketing consultant, uh, to help me through the whole process. And she was really helpful helping me set that up. So, but I've already had some other people, you know, knocking on my door saying, Hey, you know, would love to have you check out my book and maybe put it through your company. So that's a possibility. Um, I probably won't do that in the next year because I really, I think I want to get two or three of mine out first and get the concept going and, and I have more to learn, but if the money's coming in, uh, yeah, it could certainly, you know, bring, bring, bring some more people on or, or even someone else who was in the situation I was, cause there's a lot of great movie scripts out there, you know, that unfortunately will never get made. And, um, uh, if people are open to doing what I did, take their movie script and, 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 you know, make it into a novel or, or a longer version or, or whatever version, uh, for, for, as a book, uh, that's, that's a great possibility. Yeah. That's outstanding. And I love, I love what you're doing and I love all the, basically, I love all the Normandy stuff you've done. Oh, if you're doing military stuff, that'd be great too. I'm sure that's still going to be a military history thing. It'll still be in your head. Oh yeah. Yeah. There, there's, uh, uh, um, a couple other opportunities that might come up that deal with, with that. So, yeah. Um, and I still, like I said, I haven't gone to Normandy the last two years because of COVID, but I'm planning on going this, uh, June, if all works well with the, you know, the traveling and aspect and cause Fr- France, you had to have a, like a passport, a, a, uh, a vaccine passport, I think last June. And I didn't have one. So I just, you know, I've been there 25 times. So it wasn't like I missed anything, but I, you know, but, but I do like to go back. So I have met a lot of great people over there. So they're in, and I usually go during June, which is the actual week of the actual anniversary. And it's like kind of a time warp because people are, you know, they're, they're dressed like not everybody, but the people that really take it, you know, the reenactors, they're French, they're from Belgium, they're from Germany, they're from uh, the Netherlands. And they, they dress like, you know, American GIs, they drive Jeeps, they have Sherman tanks, they have guns. I mean, they, (laughs) they go all out. It's really neat. And you're hearing all the forties music playing. So it's really neat to see that, you know, they really haven't forgotten about, you know, what happened over there. It's great to see that they appreciate everything that uh, not just us, but the allies did for them during that time to free them from uh, the Nazi Germany rule at that point. And to have you go there and be able to tell their stories through your, through your work is just out. That's outstanding. Yeah. Well, like I said, I feel really honored just to have met these guys through my life and uh, to be part of that. I've learned a lot and it's mess, made some good friends and, yeah, the French uh, in Normandy, for sure in Normandy, they just they really admire and uh, love uh, our veterans, uh, the Americans and the, and the British. If you know, if you're in St. Mary Glees and you're an old veteran and you're walking across the street and you're not walking too fast, uh, they they don't honk the horn. They're very patient. They let you they let you walk by. They they really respect them. It's really neat. That's yeah. awesome. And they treat them like rock stars. The little kids want to get their autographs and stuff. It's pretty neat. And I bet the the veterans probably love that too. They love it. Yeah, Thank they you. love it. They makes it feel it. like they were young again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's cool. So, so how does someone get in touch with you, Doug, to 
either help them with their project or maybe get some advice from you on how to get a project going. Yeah, sure. I could definitely, uh, I'm always happy to pay it forward, you know, with the information and knowledge that I've gotten. Um, so, uh, well, the website for the book is called hollywoodtimetravel.com. And on there, on the bottom, you can, there's my email address. Uh, so people can get in touch with me via that way. On the website itself, you know, if they want to learn more about the book, everything's on there, the synopsis, there's a book trailer, uh, uh, author bios of me and Reinhard, my co-author. So everything's on that website, hollywoodtimetravel.com. You can also, you know, find out how to click it and it'll take you to Amazon to buy it, buy the book. Um, and the book, uh, the book's really cheap. It's uh, usually it's two ninety nine for the uh, for the ebook, which is you know less than a cup of Starbucks coffee. Uh, right now, it's actually ninety nine cents for the rest of the month because I've been doing some promos, like on uh, you know Robin's Reads, these places where you people like to go there and find deals. So you bring down the price to ninety nine cents uh, for two or three days. But I have a few of them going, so I thought I'll just leave it for ninety cents till the end of the year. Uh, then I'll bring it back up to two ninety nine. And then the uh, the the soft cover though, that's seventeen ninety nine. If people like a tangible book, which I prefer to read, but yeah, so they can figure all that out on the, on there. And, and if they want to get in touch with me, yeah, reach out to me through my email. And um, if I can help in any way with advice on the music business, producing movies or becoming uh, a, a debut author, uh, I can definitely give information on all three of those. Uh, awesome, Doug. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Fred. Uh, thanks for offering that out to the audience and thanks sure. for everything you're doing. Oh, Rich, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity and I wish you the best, you know, on your uh, podcast. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Take care. You too.